Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Hello, everyone. This is Chris Connolly with HarperCollins Library Marketing Team. I am sitting here at the ALA Annual Conference in New Orleans with Lou Burney, author of November Road, also the award-winning author of The Long and Far Away Gone, for which he won the Edgar Award, the McCavity Award, the Anthony Award, the Barry Award for Best Paperback Original. Am I missing anything, Lou? The Oklahoma Book Award. There we go. Okay, excellent. So he won, for which he won all the awards. And again, his upcoming novel, November Road, goes on sale October 9th. It's the lead read pick at HarperCollins for fall of 2018. And for me, one of my favorite novels that I've read this year. It really is, Lou. So thank you for joining me. Um, just to start with, do you want to give just a brief introduction about the novel, uh, just what it's about? Sure. Uh, November Road is a thriller and a love story set in 1963 in the shadow of the JFK assassination. And it's about a, a big time, big city mafia lieutenant who has to go on the run for his life and a small town housewife who has to go on the run from her life. And the two main characters, one is Charlotte, a woman who lives in a small, small-minded Oklahoma town. Um, she's got a drunk husband. She's got two little daughters. She has to support the family herself. And when Kennedy is shot, she's um, surprised because she doesn't feel anything. Like everyone around her is very traumatized and scared about the future. And Charlotte knows deep down that no matter what happens in Dallas to the president, her life isn't going to change. And so she decides to change it. And she packs up her two little daughters and the family dog and gets in the car and hits the highway and leaves her husband and heads to California. And meanwhile, the other main character, Frank Guidry in New Orleans, is a smooth-talking uh, operator for Carlos Marcello, who's the biggest mob boss in that part of the country. And Frank is this friendly, um, fast-talking guy who loves wine, women, and song, and is completely amoral. He cares about himself and nobody else and nothing else. And when Kennedy shot, his life changes too because he realizes he knows some things about the assassination that he shouldn't know. And Carlos Marcello, his boss, wants him dead. So Frank has to go on the run right away. And, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but basically the paths of these two characters um, come together and they meet in a motel on on highway 66 and frank sees an opportunity to use charlotte and her two little girls as cover to travel with them as a way of disguising his identity and i i, I don't want to give anything else away but uh, carlos marcello has sent his most murderous and ruthless hitman after frank and now He's after Charlotte and the girls, too. So that's sort of where the, the book ends up going. 
Uh, thank you. And again, this, it's a page turner. It's very quick, and it's but it's also character driven in a way. And I, I love both the characters, both Frank and Charlotte. Uh, I love Charlotte, for instance, and her, the passages about photography and her discovering that and seeing the world, you know, through the eyes of, of a photographer. I just really loved her blossoming throughout the story. Could you talk? I know you wrote a really great behind the book essay about your mother and her role, not just in, behind this book, but you know your writing and general life as a whole. Could you talk about kind of the impetus behind Charlotte as a character and also Frank? Yeah, Charlotte was a um, a character that was very very close to me because she's inspired by my mother in a very kind of deep way for me. Uh, my mother um, grew up. Uh, during the Depression, and when she was a little girl during the Depression, she and her family traveled from Oklahoma to California, you know, in, in a car that could barely run with all their possessions crammed into the trunk. And she, you know, moved around all the time, and I think she went to something like 20 different elementary schools and junior highs, and her parents died when she was an early teen, and she never went to college. That was never even an option. But my mom was a ferociously intelligent um, resilient woman with a deep curiosity about the world and she always wanted to be a writer or a, a, an artist um, or run her own business in, in a different time under a different set of circumstances I have absolutely no doubt she would have done that and so with Charlotte I wanted to give Charlotte a chance to make a decision that my mother never had a chance to make and I wasn't sure how that was going to turn out like would it be Charlotte's the best decision she's ever made in her life or would it be the worst? And I kind of felt that was uh, something I really wanted to explore kind of almost on behalf of my mother. So I also want to talk about Frank because he's, he's a great multi-layered character and one who really reminds me of Wyatt, who was a central character in your previous novel, The Long and Far Away Gone. Oh, Wyatt was a, a private investigator, uh, central to the story, um, who takes on a case that um, brings him back to Oklahoma City, uh, where he kind of ran from decades previously because he was kind of the sole survivor in this horrible tragedy at this movie theater in which he worked. Um, and he's he's running from his past. But these two characters are both very smooth-talking, uh, relatable, likable characters. Um, and I, I'm very curious, kind of, I, I see them cut from the same cloth, and I'm interested to see, to learn more about what the inspiration between these two characters are, and are there parallels there for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I guess I, I never until recently gave it much thought. I always just, just assumed, like, I like writing these kind of characters who are sort of um, smooth talkers and funny and witty and likable, that they were fun to write. And then I, I started thinking about it, and I realized that, you know, it's probably coming from my dad, who, who passed away several years ago, who was this kind of guy who never met a stranger. He was so likable and so easygoing. Um, he had that sort of ease with strangers that it's really hard to find. I mean, I would I, even when he was, you know, in his late 70s and had Alzheimer's and I was driving him to the doctor, I remember we'd pull up at an intersection and he'd roll down the window and just start talking to the people at a bus stop. And within literally the time it takes a light to turn from, you know, red to green, they were in love with him and they were old friends. And so I think that's something that runs through my work is that kind of character and how that character plays out in the world. Excellent. And again, they do stick with you. Um, and speaking of kind of, you know, real life meeting fiction, uh, I'd be really interested because, you know, Carlos Mosella, for example, the mob boss for which for whom Frank works, um, he's a real life character and there are real life 
conspiracies floated around that he was in fact behind the assassination of JFK. So could you talk a little bit about both the research and the original idea that drove this book? Yeah, I didn't, I, did, uh, uh, I knew I wanted to write a book that, that used the Kennedy assassination in an important way, but I also knew that there had been a lot of books written about the Kennedy assassination, like thousands, literally. So I wanted to steer clear of the main players. I didn't want to write a book about Lee Harvey Oswald or Jack Kennedy or Jack Ruby. So I focused on the edges of the assassination and on lives that were changed by the assassination in kind of surprising or surprisingly dangerous ways. And so when I started doing research about it, um, I went to college in New Orleans, so I was really aware of Carlos Marcella, who was the mob boss uh, for a long time in this part of the country. And he was probably the most powerful and dangerous mob boss in America, but not many people knew it because he kept out of the spotlight. And so he became a really interesting character to me because of his supposed involvement and also just because of the kind of guy he was. He was a really interesting, um, like, man. Um, and then, you know, doing research on the Kennedy thing, I, I'm not at all, um, you know, let's see, I'm not qualified at all to weigh in on any of the conspiracy theories, you know, if they're, if they're true or not. But what I did discover when I was doing this research is that the facts themselves are just as crazy as the theories. And like, for example, um, you know, after the Warren Commission, Kennedy's brain went missing. It disappeared. Like, that's not a theory. That's a fact. Kennedy, Kennedy's brain disappeared. And so you know, it's stuff like that that you're just like, wow, you know, truth is way weirder than fiction. So uh, it, it made it an interesting journey. And I had to leave some stuff out of my book that was just too kind of wild to be believable. Yeah, that's a true rabbit hole, I'm sure. It's easy to fall down into. Um, and speaking of, like, the 1960s, which is such an interesting decade, really, you know, there's so much... It's looked back upon with you know a lot of um, a lot of nostalgia and you know and, and a lot of it is kind of um, looked at with a glossy finish. But it was also a time of a lot of political unrest and, and turmoil. Um, could you talk about that decade and, and what it was like delving into that and if you see any parallels to modern day? One of the things that really surprised me when I was doing research on this was how similar the state of anxiety was in 1963 to the state of anxiety now. And it's one of those things we forget, like, you know, from the, the perspective of the present, we can look back on the past and we know how it all turned out. But in 1963, people didn't know how things were going to turn out. Uh, you know, they didn't know if a nuclear bomb was going to go off tomorrow, you know, in, in, in a major city in America. They didn't know if they'd be wiped out. They didn't know who was behind Kennedy's assassination or why. And there's just so much crazy stuff and so much anxiety and so much societal upheaval at the time, you know, with civil rights and, and women, you know, uh, speaking out for more of a role in society um, that, the, the, you know, a lot of things that had been sort of set in stone for hundreds of years were being challenged and knocked down. And so it was a very volatile time that it's easy now to look back and say, oh, it was, it was this glossy thing that it all turned out well, but nobody at the time knew how it was going to turn out at all. Sounds oddly familiar to where we are now. Um, and just kind of coming back to the characters, they all feel incredibly, for me, very relatable. And, and sometimes with writers, you can tell that when they're writing them, they seem to care about them. But I know there's also schools of thoughts amongst writers where it's like the characters are they're a thing to 
to be not I don't want to say used, but they they drive the plot forward and they're they're part of the book, but you leave them. They're not they're not real people. That and then there's others who you know they see them as real people and they live on kind of in the mind and heart of the author. How do you feel about your characters while you're writing it, and then kind of when you're done? For me, like I don't have a choice in the matter. It all starts with character, and then I have to feel a character, and I have to feel that character is real before I can even write the next page. And I, I, sometimes I wish that wasn't the case. It would make my life much easier if I didn't have to write that way, and I'd be a much more efficient writer. But for me, these characters have to be real, or it's not working for me, and I know it won't work for the reader. So it's it's interesting because that applies for me not just to the main characters, but to the secondary characters as well, and, and the minor characters, which gets kind of oppressive when you're writing and just want to get through a chapter. But like I have to feel like every character, the diner waitress, has to come alive for me, even though she's going to be on the page for half a page. Um, and so. If a character dies in my novel, like I need to feel it, like I need to feel awful about it, and I usually do. Uh, I make sure I do, and um, so you know, my wife can always tell when I've had a, a a bad writing day. She'll come home and say, "Somebody died today, right?" And I'm like, "Yep, somebody died today." Hey, well, and again, it does come through on the page. I I assure you. And, and speaking of some of kind of the thematic elements that are shared between The Long and Far Away Gone, which I read after I finished November Road, went back, read it, and absolutely adored it. And, you know, it, I, the, the accolades were listed previously. I mean, it, I think it's kind of thrust you to a new level of readership, I'd imagine. Um, but it very much deals with people who are haunted and can't escape really the tragedies of their past. You know, we discussed Wyatt, who was the sole survivor of this robbery in the movie theater that he worked, and he suffers survivor's guilt. And then the second, the second kind of main character is Juliana, who uh, her older sister when she was a child, her older sister was kind of her rock, her entire world, and she disappears, and it's never explained why, and Juliana is completely haunted by that. So two characters who are, again, very much just, just they feel the weight of the past on their shoulders, you know, decades and decades later. But with this novel, you know, Charlotte, it's, it's, there's an excitement for the future, there's hope for the future. Can you kind of talk about maybe how you approach these two novels, the thematic differences or similarities between them? Yeah, the the first novel, Long and Far Away Gone, was for me a lot about memory in the past and how sometimes, you know, in Faulkner's famous phrase, the past isn't dead, it's not even past. And so I wanted to like focus on characters who were living literally in the past. Um, and though, though I realized as I work through that novel and wrote it, it, it was also about moving away from the past and into the present for those characters and changing their lives in that way. And so I think with November Road, the same thing in, in broad terms was important to me was the idea that people have the capacity to change their lives. Or do they? I guess that's the question that I'm always really intrigued by is can characters change their lives? Can people change their lives? Um, and if so, will it be for the better or will it be for the worse? And to me, that's just like the fundamental question of human existence. <laughs> it's like, you know, is my life going to be better or worse? And will this choice I make, you know, send me to a good place or a worse place? And so I think with both books, it's about trying to make decisions that move you forward in a positive way. And when you say that now, and I think back to like Charlotte's backstory, and, and there's some really stunning passages there where she's talking about swimming. So I believe swimming in the local like water, you know, the, the lake. 
uh, and she was confident that she was, you know, uh, the strongest swimmer amongst her friends. But then she loses, um, she loses her father, I believe, correct, when at a very young age, and suddenly, you know, the waters seem deeper and more tumultuous, and you know, suddenly the possibilities shrunk for her and her world shrunk. But then there was an opening ultimately, and I think change did offer itself to her. Um, yeah, it just fascinating characters all around. And again, this is the November Road. It's a book I read months ago when it was still kind of in a manuscript form, and I absolutely adored it. I'm sitting here with Lou Burney, uh, author of November Road, The Long and Far Away Gone, as well as Gutshot Straight and Whiplash River. Um, November Road goes on sale October 9th, uh, so there's much more to come. Lou, thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for giving us this book. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure, and it's just it's so exciting to know that people are going to actually read my my words and, and get to know my characters. It's the greatest uh, gift a writer can ever have. Thanks, Lou.